Welcome to the Just Law Solicitors Move to Spain podcast. This is the first podcast and I'm John Tell, Director of Legal, and I'm joined hopefully always with... I'm Sean. I am Marketing and Business Development at Just Law Solicitors. All right. It's nice right. to be here with John. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice and sunny today, right? Yeah, it's, it's not, been good weather. It's not. It's not bad, is it? It's been. Uh, I think it's forecast 18, 18 this this week and, and sunny. So um, yeah, not, very nice weather down here on the Costa del Sol, where, where we where we're recording it. Yeah, just lost Vistas HQ. It I'm was, sure it's going to be pretty much the same on the east coast, isn't it? Probably. I mean, the last couple of weeks we had a little bit of blustery grey weather, which wasn't fantastic. But compared to the storms that were battering the UK, this is this yeah, is nothing. Yeah. This is lovely. I was out sunbathing on the weekend. Yeah, so. I have seen. There was. A, I was walking a dog this morning, um, just after dawn, which is quite actually. That doesn't. That's not that impressive because dawn is quite late in Spain. It's about eight thirty. It's, it's probably after eight. Yeah, and there was a guy actually, um, actually going for a swim on oh God. Yeah. Uh, near Puerto Marina in. In Valmadna, so that yeah, brave soul. So yeah, but I mean, fast forward July, we'll probably be complaining about the heat. Too and, hot, yeah. yeah got be, the air conditioning on, and be walking around with a fan strapped yeah. to my face, uh, most likely. So what what we've said for these podcasts is we're going to have um, the format as follows: we're going to have sort of the news that we can find that's relevant to people moving to and living in Spain, and then we're going to do an interview with a guest, and. Lastly, we're going to have questions that people have sent in. And again, thank you for sending in your questions to business at justlawsolicitors.com. Um, yeah. And also, if you've moved to Spain or you think, or even if you're thinking about moving to Spain and you, and you want to talk to us, just again, send us, send us an email because um, we'd, lo- we'd, we'd love to speak to you. Um, yeah. you. You don't have to use your own name if, if your family doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> that inbox is manned by me, so I will be very happy to read all your stories. And, 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 get and in touch you, can, with you. you can use any name you want, even your own name. Um, yeah, because it's interesting on the Facebook group, I just, we, people do post anonymously and they always explain it's anonymous because they don't want friends and family to, yeah. to know that they're moving to moving to Spain. Um, well, everything's yeah. so public. I mean, I was talking with my aunt the other day and she said that she saw somebody she knew in the Facebook group. So it's, oh, right. it's starting oh, right. to get to that point now where right. the anonymous nature of questions... Well, how many, like how many have we got now on Facebook? 102, about 102.6 or something when I checked right. this morning. Um, so that starts the Move to Spain Facebook group in case you haven't come to the podcast through that there's also the the website just lastlisters.com which um at some point is going to get revamped isn't it yeah it's on its way we're hoping within the next couple of weeks we're just yeah. ironing out some of those final details you know photo choices everything so we've got to make sure <laughs> yeah. everything's beautiful and so yeah we record i just say we're recording this in january of uh, 2024 so you know you could be listening to this whenever okay so you'll be looking at the news Sean, part I have one. been what, doing what? very busy at work this morning, reading reading various news outlets. So what have we, what have, what have we got in the news then? What's first? Well, the first thing is the ninety day rule. Oh yeah, the ninety um, day rule. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, basically, if you're an EU citizen with an EU passport and you're listening to this, this this is completely irrelevant to you. Um, but if you're from anywhere else in the world, like um, the UK, Canada, Sean's actually Canadian, but he doesn't sound half Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, half no, half Canadian. Spent half my life there. So, um, so yeah, if you're a Canadian and you want to know any differences, send send a send a question mm-hmm. in for Sean because he can tell you about Spain, UK, and Canada. So yeah, so basically, if you're not if you have a passport that isn't issued in the EU, 
you can only come to Spain for 90 days in a 180 day period. It, basically, you look back and you say, look, in the last 180 days, have I done 90 days? You can do it in a block. You can do it in days, weeks, whatever. You know, you can skip over to Morocco, come back. You, you have to leave the Schengen area. So you can't just pop over to France. You've got to leave Schengen. Now, there's been a lot of things in the news, mainly in France. I think what they did in France is they said, if you're a homeowner from Britain, you can do six months straight. So that's 180 days. Then you have to go. And then I believe that the one of the French courts then said, no, you can't. But anyway, this is all about Spain. And so the question we get asked is, um, what about, and what's been in the news, is what about this 90-day rule? And I have to say, there's absolutely nothing before Nada. the Spanish parliament, nothing before the EU parliament. Nope. So, but you know, as my grandma said, it costs nothing to be optimistic. Yeah. Maybe wishful thinking will yeah. get us through 2024. And if it does happen, you know, you can look at our uh, plug for blatant plug for our blog, justlostlisters.com backslash blog. It'll be on there. It'll be on the Move to Spain Facebook group straight away. Absolutely. Probably won't even be me that puts it there. It'll be somebody else. Somebody else will get to Because when it happens, it. it'll be a, a big thing because if they put it to 180 days, um, everybody will be able to spend the whole winter in Spain and be very happy, judging by the pictures that I've seen from Finland and Canada <laughs> on, the, on the Move to Spain Facebook yeah. group. So yeah, so basically, yeah, sorry, sorry to disappoint you all, but there's, not, there's nothing in, nothing in, in law. But it could happen, you know, we think, think touch wood, fingers crossed. Okay. Well, so apart what, from that, when you are here, um, the Spanish government has extended the free train tickets uh, program. Oh, yeah, this is, this is really good. I mean, Spain is relatively well covered by, um, by trains. Yes. You know, so if you come into Spain and you don't want to visit like the back end of nowhere, I have to say I have a coty up in the mountains, so I know what the back end of, even then we have a bus service. But if you just, you know, if you're traveling to like busy main places, don't bother with the car. Just get on the um, just get on the train. It's it's brilliant in Spain, air conditioned. And didn't didn't you go up to? Uh, I've been to Madrid and Barcelona on the train. There's no direct service from Malaga, but you stop in Madrid and you can either stay there for a day or you can just yeah. transfer within the. And what hour. was it like? Really good. You got I got I think I got three suitcase allowance, which is nice because I've also booked a flight up to Barcelona a couple of weeks from now, and there's only a backpack under the seat. Right. So, you know, you get a lot more for your money, similarly priced, it's a lot more comfortable, it just takes a bit of extra time, but it's mm. so beautiful to, to see all the Spain. But the important distinction there is that the free train ticket deal isn't for the long distance trains, it's only for the cercanias, the local trains. Oh, right. So that would distance. be something, for example, that would be something like, what would, what would that be like from here? You could go, so from the office where we are in Fangarola recording, you could go to the airport or oh, Malaga City good. Center. Yeah, yeah it's re really handy. Well, it's, it's not... It's probably not really the money. It's just that when you, you know, it's just easier, isn't it's it? The convenience it's just easier it. to, to, to travel, to travel around. I mean, even if you're thinking of moving to Spain to work, the think of the commute, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. if you can get into to and from work free every day, it's yeah, kind it's of a, a massive it's a big, saving. It's a big thing. Or if you're a digital nomad and you're going to your, you can have a court, you want to go to a co-working space. Mm -hmm. that's a, a decent distance then yeah don't worry about paying for anything yeah. so what about so there's medium distance as well as short distance medium and short distance what would be the yeah. medium what would be an medium example? distance would be something like malaga to granada oh well, uh, that would so be an interest that would be an interesting um good place tourism to, as well yeah good for tourism i mean yeah i mean you, you granada's a strange place because it's cold in winter and boiling in <laughs> summer so yeah you can take your chances on which uh 
which um, which time of year you use to do that. So how, how do you how so how do you get it? How do you what's the cost? Well, the, the funny thing is, is they seem to make it kind of complicated to actually get your hands on this <laughs> and get started. There's not much mention on the Renfe website, but. Uh, it seems that either you can buy um, a bulk of tickets in advance with a small deposit and then they would refund you the deposit oh, at the right. end. So that's pretty good, yeah. uh, the other way around it is to actually go into the Renfe stations and ask. And after you buy one ticket, they will give you a code which yeah. activates a free I think travel you, And card. I think if you're going to, I think if you go, even if you don't speak Spanish, I think in a Renfe station, you're going to find someone that does, someone, speaks, in, someone that speaks English, aren't you? You're going to... Most likely. And then yeah. there's also, you know, a handful of translator apps and stuff that yeah. you can use to help you. I'm sure you can, yeah, you can push your um, Google Translate up yeah. to them and say, look. But anyway, I mean, a majority of the sort of research into this that I've done, the articles have been in English. So there are a lot yeah. of resources out there. I mean, there I think, for... you know, in the Spanish government want people to be tourists yeah no no <laughs> it seems to be a good know, scheme yeah it, it, it so yeah it's a good thing i mean obviously you know there's there's plenty of car rental things and peer-to-peer website but yeah don't don't underestimate the trains so, so presumably they have air conditioning on these trains oh yeah 100%. and they have wi-fi yeah wi-fi so you can work from the train as yeah, well yeah. Uh, if you if you have a six-hour journey ahead of you barcelona to malaga yeah uh, so, so yeah, so some good news. So, some good news with the with the train jacket. So, what 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 else have we got? So, Malaga has been ranked by Forbes as the best city, number one, to live and work in. Uh, oh, yeah. Arts, culture, food, and safety. So, that's yeah. some pretty good news. As yeah. someone who lives near to Malaga, I can attest to that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty I mean, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the center of the center of Malaga is um, very nice. There's lots of um, museums. I think Marisa, mm. they. Um, the senior lawyer is also the Danish consul. She went and did something on Friday. The I think the the Pompidou mm-hmm. um, art in, center. Yeah. In in France has a branch here, and she was doing mm-hmm. something with something with the opening of that. There's the Picasso Museum. Yeah. There's a car. There's a car museum. There's a car museum. There's a car. I, didn't there's know that. A car. I once actually once the. I was invited to a function, and it literally was the tables were just between, between the between the cars. So that yeah, so that, that that's that's worth um, so that's worth a visit. Um, it's interesting, and we and, and I have to say, me and Sean didn't vote, but it's interesting. The second best city was Alicante. Yeah, and can you can you believe it? The third one was Valencia. And that's not the only mentions of Spain in the top three. That you've got more, aren't there? But- yeah, six is Madrid. Yeah, understandable. 13 is Barcelona. I think Barcelona might have suffered because of the rent prices. Safety maybe too. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a sort of a stereotype, but they say that Barcelona yeah. can be a little bit of a place It's probably the rentals. Crime. The rentals are crazy in Barcelona, yeah. aren't they? But yeah, so, well, I mean, again, if, you, if, you, if you're a digital nomad, then happy days, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I don't know if we, shall we, shall we talk about who came? I mean, why well not? If we're going to talk about the top of the list, yeah, you might as well talk yeah, about um, the bottom. Dublin was 44, yeah. 44th. Also, then, I think rent prices there. Yeah, it's probably the rent prices. And then, interestingly, and you, you've been half Canadian, Vancouver was 47. Oh, well, yeah, it's very expensive over there. Is that, you is know? that, is that the reason? Yeah, yeah the very, reason? very expensive, I'd think say. Vancouver was expensive. Would you wear out? Oh, no, it's like, it is one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive oh. city in Canada. Is it's it? always been ridiculous. Oh. Even when, I, when we first moved there in 2010, Vancouver has always been sort of known for that. And I'm sure yeah. any Canadian yeah. listeners can attest to that fact. I mean, Toronto is right. not much better anymore. Yeah, there's a good, but... there's a good few Canadians in the um, Move to Spain Facebook group. Yeah. And I think you did some breakdown of 
web traffic on just law.com and yeah. it, was, it was a lot of Canadians. It was, a, it was about the third place of traffic we received yeah. from Canadians. But I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if you don't know Malaga, um, the geography of Malaga is it's, it's on the, the south coast of Spain, but right on the coast. I mean, it's, it's got a port, you, you know, it's a cruise ship destination. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is it's also got the airport very close. Mm -hmm. It's not one of these places where you arrive and then you have to, there's no train and you just get on a bus and it's an hour. It, it's very, very close and you've got the, you've got the bus, the train, taxis, and it's really easy to get to, mm -hmm. to Malaga itself. Um, and in the winter, it doesn't really get below 15, does it? No, not really. Celsius, I mean, it's Celsius, bit, okay. Celsius for our American Celsius, cousins. Yeah, that's Celsius. But I mean, in the mornings, I, I mean, it sort of happens everywhere, but in the mornings I'll go out, I'm absolutely freezing, I've got my coat on. By two o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. I'm sweating. It's, yeah, you know, it's it, a complete change of climate. Yeah. I think I think really, you know, 15 around around that sort of temperature. I mean, we the, the, the Danish government invited us to go on a, on a boat, a sail training boat on last Friday. So that would be, you know, maybe you know, obviously January. And that was 21. I mean, we were all wrapped up. Everybody else had a t-shirt on. But, I yeah. mean, I, I think I've seen in the news that we are currently experiencing some unseasonably high temperatures yeah. at the moment. Yeah. But it's, it's, I'm not complaining. It's very no. nice. And I think in the, in the summer, I'd say about 32. Yeah, in the, in the summer, I struggle a bit more here. It's yeah. quite hot. But if you go to some, if you go to, I mean, luckily for me, I have a play, an old place up in the mountains, in the Alpaharas. And again, I only get about 32. But if you're on the the plains of rural Spain, it's well into the forties. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I went on holiday, I had a bit of a, a drive around Spain with the dogs last year, um, staying in Airbnbs. I mean, I remember we can talk about that one podcast, but I waited till well into September before I went because mm -hmm. it, it would Just be forties, well. even with the air conditioning, it would be, it would be forties. But yeah, Malaga, Malaga city itself is, is very, is very good. And but I have to say the rent prices have gone up, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I see, but it's, again, it's one of those trends everywhere. I'd say the rents have gone up here, but in comparison, they're still a little bit yeah, cheaper. Yeah, I think there's. A, I think I think it was interesting, wasn't it? There was. I think it's, I don't know if we've released it, but we well, there's an article about some some Canadians who who were thinking about moving to. Yes, yeah. that is. And funny. I think one of the points in that article is, let me get this right. The increase in their rent, the just just the increase in their rent in Canada was the same as renting an apartment in Mijas, which is a very nice area just near Fuengirola mm -hmm. on the coast. Mm -hmm. but, but that was just the increase. In just the increase, yeah. So, you, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, some of the prices. But yeah, and it's very affordable, Spain. But yeah, so yeah, um, a win for Malaga, second place Alicante, third place Valencia, and then sixth is Madrid. So th there you are, all, 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 all nice cities. I mean, Madrid, Always, I say to everybody, go go in the winter and the summer because it's cold and Madrid can get very hot and very cold. Yeah, I mean, I could just talk about Madrid. I loved Madrid when I went. It's one of my favorite places I've ever been. But then again, not for everyone because lots of people like the beach. Yeah. Me, I, I, I'm more of an inland guy. I must admit. Yeah, I mean, I live near the beach, and I just, I just, I just walk the dog on the beach because you're allowed to walk the dog on the beach in the winter. <laughs> okay, so um, what? So what? So what else have what else have we got? The last little bit, little bit of news that we have today is uh, for Digital Nomad. Uh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. 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 We've seen uh, that they are turning a hotel in Torremolinos, Los Alamos, 
um, into a sort of digital nomad co-working living space. Yeah. So essentially all of them are going to be balcony apartments. You wow. can either, I know, right? It's a pretty good deal. You're going to be able to rent them on a weekly or a monthly basis. And this includes all the cleaning, maintenance, Wi-Fi, they've got gym facilities and co-working spaces. It's called wow. the, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but the Oceanica. Oh yeah, that's, that's the word, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, it's ocean and then I-K-A afterwards but yeah i mean that's 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 amazing so yeah it's a digital nomad um i just have to well this isn't the podcast for it well maybe we'll come on and mention it but the um the digital nomad visa um well well we can maybe get someone on to talk about mm-hmm. that but yeah the digital nomad visa um basically if you've got the right amount of income uh self-employed employed you can you can come to spain and 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 work from anywhere you want in spain um and obviously there's there's these places popping up because there must be a huge demand now yeah yeah definitely i mean i think it's just the flexibility of it being able to rent somewhere for a couple couple months couple weeks even yeah. i mean like you say in the group you should always rent first yeah, right so yeah. if there's an option for you yeah to just... i mean i mean i can't imagine a digital nomad. well maybe a digital nomad at some point might need an office might they? yeah point. yeah but so you can yeah you can have your own um your own office for week, weeks or months or and listen, you don't have to sign up to anything no i'm not entirely sure i mean i think this is just in the early stages of planning because they're it's only been announced a couple of weeks ago we're not uh, we're not we're not sponsored by no Australia. definitely not no, no. we'd it'll like be, it if they give us some money but we're not, <laughs> we're not it'll be interesting to see how it plays out yeah. for sure so yeah if you listen you know it'd be actually it'd be interesting to find out where people are but at least if, but you know if you're in silicon valley or whatever and you you fancy um living and uh, living and working in in spain then yeah it, it, it's certainly possible because i suppose if you're a digital nomad it, it might be a bit strange if you're on your own and you just want to talk to other people as well you know. but we'll uh, see how it goes it'll be interesting yeah. to follow yeah it'd be, be very, very very interesting okay well that's the end of part one yeah absolutely thanks for listening so far thank you we'll take a quick break and we will be right back Part two of the podcast is where we speak to a guest. So if you're, if you're moving to Spain or you've moved to Spain or you have a business in Spain, send us an email at business at justlostsisters.com and we'd love to have you on. You don't have to use your real name if your family don't know you're moving. Um, so today we thought we would have Anna on. Now, who is Anna? Anna is our specialist immigration lawyer, so she does all the visas. Hello, Hi. Anna. Hello, John. Nice to meet you today. Anna's from Kazakhstan? Yeah, I'm from that part. <laughs> that part of the world. And, yes. and she speaks, um, well, you can, you obviously you speak perfect English. Yeah, I speak English, I speak Russian, and I speak Spanish. Oh, obviously, because, I, because you're a Spanish lawyer. Yes. <laughs> it's hard to do it without Spanish. Registered by the Bar Association here in Malaga. Yes, I, I registered in Bar yeah. Association. I mean, I just have to say that anybody can set up a business giving people advice on visas. It doesn't matter if they have a qualification. They don't no regulation, no insurance, but obviously Anna's a specialist, a specialist lawyer. Now, you're too modest to say, but you've been doing digital nomad visas since they started. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, and you, and you only day. and you only do visas. Yes, I only dedicate my my work uh, yeah. only to visas so, in Spain and mostly digital nomad, yeah. So the, again, you'll be too modest to say it, but there isn't anybody more experienced in Spain for visas than you. It can't oh, be. Well, Not the hours you work. It can't well, be anybody. Well, I'm hard, I'm working hard. Yes, yeah, this, I don't think you, I don't think we'll find anybody in Spain that's got more more hours of um, 
visa, digital nomad visas. So basically, so a lot of people are probably thinking, well, you know, I can work online. I'm sat here looking at the rain coming down the window. You know, it's, I'm shoveling the snow. I'm paying 2,000 euros a month for a shoebox. What, what, what's all this digital nomad visa about in Spain? And what, what, what is it basically? Well, a digital nomad basically is uh, made for the people who would like to live in Spain, but continue working to, for their company based outside of Spain. Uh, so this is most important. Your company can't have uh, uh, any Docker company in Spain or any based in Spain. Okay, so I work like what I could say. I'm a imagine I'm a web developer. I'm, yeah. Seriously, I'm not. I can come and come and work from home in Spain. Yes, exactly. Uh, okay, and is there any and is there any like financial requirements? What what what's the What's the, fi what's the financial requirement? Yeah, so uh, the Spanish government wants to know that you can sustain yourself in Spain. Yeah. So the minimum requirement they ask for the salary, first of all, is for you can maintain yourself in Spain. Second, to uh, prove that your contract where you're working is real, it's not fake. So they ask for one person, it's around 2,260 euros or more. And that's so, obviously like, and if, you know, you could be listening, we're recording this in January 2024, and you, you could be listening to this podcast at any time. So always check because it could change. Yes, of course. So yeah. we're still expecting the, the law came, the new law, which says how much is the exact amount. So it's still not approved, but we're waiting. So I always recommend my clients to have a, between 2,260 to 2,300 or more. You know, just to be sure that in this requirement will be completing. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, but you can, you know, you've got... If you go on the website, um, um, you can you can you can book an online consultation with Anna. You just you just click the time you want, and it goes through, and you you can do that. And, and so when you speak to her, obviously you can tell them what it is at that particular time. Yes, of yeah. course, of course. So so we've given the example. I'm working for a company, and and my job is to is to make websites for that company. But say for example, I'm a I'm a Wow, the digital marketer like Sean. Sean, you heard. <laughs> say, say, for example, I'm Sean, um, who you heard from, and I have my own self-employed. I'm self-employed. I I have Sean Digital Marketing UK, and it's my it, it's my own company. I'm self-employed. Can I can I still come to Spain? Yes, exactly. Because because in the beginning you're working and for your company, even mm. if you are the owner of this company. So we need to first to show that you're actually working there, that your uh, contract is for 260 yeah. the salary. And it doesn't matter if you're employee or self-employed, mm. because um, mm. at the beginning, for example, with UK, we have a one certificate of social security coverage, which is no problem given to Yeah, us. we'll go on and talk about that, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, so basically it's open to self-employed or employed people. Exactly. And even if I have my own company, and I'm the only director, I'm still, I'm still classed as self-employed. Exactly, self but the, the most requirement for that, if you are the owner of your own company, your company it has to be registered in company's house minimum one year. Okay, you so your company, your company has to be in existence for, for one year. So the, the, the incorporation, and obviously you can get all the, you'll have all the certificates for that, won't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you're an employee, if, I'm a, if we go back to the example of I'm a web developer working for a company, and I'm an employee. Mm -hmm. How long do how long is there a minimum for that? The same one year. One year. So one I have to year. be an employee All the for a year. Companies for no no no. The company registered one year, and you have to work in this company minimum three months before uh, came. Okay, so if I'm so if I'm working for 
website developers UK Limited. That has to be established for a year, and I have to be an employee for at least three months. Yes, the same uh, as a self-employed. Oh, uh, same. Months. Right. Okay, that makes sense. And obviously, that's easy to do. You just have your contract of employment or whatever. Yeah, how yeah. we usually prove it? We prove it through the contract, with mm. the pay slips or invoices, and the bank statements. Yeah. I mean, in England, you 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 after a certain um, people in England are in. This is my my English side of the legal world coming in. You can have a contract of employment, but it's not a legal requirement. Everybody does, but you can have um, a statement of terms and conditions after so long that the, that the employer has to give you. But yeah, you'll have your pay slips and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Okay, so if I um, if I come to if I come to work in Spain, say I'm self-employed, can I get clients in Spain? If you're self-employed, twenty percent of your income could came from Spain. Oh, so I can go and so I can go out and get some Spanish clients to help me yes, along. Yes, but uh, only twenty percent. Twenty percent, and you have we will have to prove that it's only twenty percent when you don't mm-hmm. renew in your mm-hmm. income. Right. So what about you? You mentioned about social security. What? What? How does that work? What, Okay, so in case you are employer self-employed and your country have uh, agreement of social security. Well, let's start with England then. What what about England? In England, yes, England yeah. as uh, England was a part of uh, European Union is working very. Are good. you saying was or is? <laughs> well, <sorry>. well, <laughs> uh, so the A one certificate. It's a certificate which. Uh, let you your company continue paying your social security in in, in um, your oh. United Kingdom, but the right of it will came to Spain. All right, so that's so that's really good. You you can, you, it's less trouble for the for your for your for your company. Your exactly, employer. and in, in this case, you do not need, do not need to be a self employed in Spain. Okay, and presumably, the 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 digital nomad visa is for everybody who doesn't have an EU passport. So the social security agreements will change between whether or not different countries have agreements and don't. Yes, exactly. Some com- uh, some countries have a huge problems with this certificate because But you can resolve them. Yeah, well, I we can try to resolve it, try uh, try to find the ways with social security. Uh, I think I think every uh, and again you're too modest, but every application you've done has been successful, hasn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she wouldn't tell you that. <laughs> Listen, this. So the so the um yeah, so there's a social security side um, and I suppose if you're self-employed, like everybody, you would just have to pay taxes, wouldn't you? you yes, of course. Yeah. After 183 days in a calendar year, you would have to pay taxes exactly. in, in, in Spain. Yeah. And it comes not, counts not from the day of the you will be granted of the residency. Residency, sorry, uh, it's when you came to Spain. Yeah, it's, Since yeah, the, it's first day you the came. number of days you've actually spent on the ground inside Spain has to be if it's more than 183 then you would pay Spanish tax. Unlike when we were talking about the 90-day rule, the 180 days, you can't, if it's tax, you can skip over to France, but you know you have to be very careful in proving exactly, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, for, it's for you to prove to Hacienda. So yeah, be, be, be careful, be careful with that. Yeah, so is there anything else you want to tell us or is that, is that about it for the general outline of Digital Nomad Visa? Well, uh, as I said, the most of all, uh, it's, uh, the most important is to prove everything. Yeah. To prove, and I had clients which, for example, didn't have any title or certificate of activity they uh, provide in their countries. So, and I always uh, they always ask to me what I can do. So you can submit the letters from your previous clients, for mm. example, yeah. the last three years, saying that yeah, we was working with um, mm-hmm. with John Smith, with John yeah, Tower, yeah, yeah. last, uh, for example, since one year or two years. Oh, right. And this will be approved of your experience. So your clients area. can can help you. Help you. Exactly. And you, do you have to have a degree? 
yes, this is a thing. You can. It's obligatory to prove your experience yeah. in the area where you yeah, work. Yeah, because they're not going to just take anybody. Yeah. Yes, of course. So you have to show or title, degree, certificate, anything which proves that you have uh, experience in this area. Or if you do not have anything, we can submit the letters from the clients. Yeah. So you might have been working for years, but you don't have a degree, but you can still come. Yes, of course. So you could be, I could be a self-taught web developer. <laughs> yeah. well, <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting beyond my capacities now, but yeah, so... Right. Okay. Well, so that's interesting. And, and presumably it's over 18. Is it just, you have to be over 18? Yes, of course. You yeah. have to be 18 or older. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and if you, if you, if you come as um, self-employed employed, what about the healthcare? What happens with that? If you came as a self-employed and you will have to register in a tax office as a self-employed in Spain and it will count for a social security oh, in Spain. Right. So you, yeah. So you get the healthcare. You will get oh, the there healthcare. you go. There you go, listeners. You get healthcare. So that'll be interesting for the American American listeners, English people. Will be like, well, we expect that. So yeah. Um, and if not, do you have to get private? Uh, if not, uh, you will have to get the private health insurance. Yeah. For example, you came with A one certificate of your mm. company registered in Spain mm. and a tax yeah. office. So it's A one A one yeah. and. I mean, most people. So. I mean, most people who come to Spain on a visa, like. Um, I mean, you can you know all about all the other visas, but we just talk about the digital nomad visa today. But the 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 for example, the non-lucrative visa, the golden visa, everybody has to have private health insurance. Exactly. Exactly. It is, and it's not it's not as crazy expensive as, as you think it would be, and it, and it's very nice not having to wait two weeks to go to the doctors and just phoning up a specialist direct yourself. It it, it does have its advantages. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, is, is that it, or do you want to? Uh, you want to have I covered it, or are there anything you want to add? Well, you were speaking uh, speaking about the health insurance, so I wanted to mention that if you in United Kingdom, for example, eligible for S ones, so you can bring with S ones. Oh right. So if you're if you're, and this yeah. case not doesn't need to be. A yeah. Retirement. So if you're a retired in if you're a retirement age in the UK, I'm not an expert on this. You can come to Spain on the S one um, and get the healthcare. Get the healthcare paid, all right. Yes, it's yeah. a health. Okay, okay. Um, but obviously take advice. <laughs> yeah, take take advice. And, and like I say, if you want to if you want to um book a consultation with Anna, there's a there's a link on the website. It's all done automatically. You just you just pick a you just pick a time you want. So yeah, if you're anywhere outside of the EU. Oh right, yeah, the, the calendar. Yeah, it's calendar. Um, yeah, Sean's Sean's telling us then Sean's in charge <laughs> of all the technical side. Yeah, calendar is is the link and you can book a consultation. Um, with Anna, um, right? Well, th well, thank you. Uh, you probably go back to the visas now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're still well, working time. Okay, thank you. Thank bye you bye. so much. Thank bye. you, Anna. So that was very interesting. And now moving on to part three. Part three is um, questions. I mean, we've decided on this format, but we're open to people telling us that they they want a different format, but. In part three, we answer answer your questions, and thank you to everybody who sent the questions at business at justlawsolicitors.com. Like I say, we can answer legal questions, um, and even though it's massively subjective, we can give you a, a few steers on where you should go and mm. think about choosing to live in Spain. Um, so I've seen somebody make a joke saying that we should be called the Irish Passport Lovers Group. Um, <laughs> 
Can I, I come to one. Spain with an Irish passport? Oh, right, yeah, that gets asked That gets asked every single day. Yeah, you can, you can. Uh, Ireland is part of the EU, and if you're fortunate enough to have an Irish passport, then you have the right to, to live and work in Spain. Again, you, you, need, you, need, your, you need your private health insurance in, in year one, but, but yeah, um, we get asked a lot if, we get a lot, asked a lot if um, someone's entitled to an Irish passport, and we have no idea because we're Spanish lawyers. I believe if you have a Spanish grandparent, but there's loads of Facebook groups um, okay. about that. Obviously, you're doing it in your own, your own language. You can speak to the Irish consulate. But yeah, I, Irish passport, it's, it's, just, it's just the same as every other passport in the, in, in the EU. And yeah, lots of, lots of Irish people are, are living, and, living and working in, in, in Spain. And I suppose sort of a follow-up, because I th- imagine it has quite a similar response in that it depends on what visa you have, is can anyone buy in Spain? Um, yeah, anyone, anyone can, can buy a property in Spain. It doesn't matter where you're from in the world. Uh, no, it's not a problem. We are specialist employment lawyers. I mean, I would say, yeah, you can buy, but make sure you take some independent legal advice, not not the lawyer recommended by the agent. It's I mean, like Eng- it's like England; you don't need a lawyer, but everyone uses one. The key, the problem that people have, for example, people from the UK, people from Canada, America, or Australia, United Arab Emirates, whatever, is 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 staying there. What once you bought living the property, in it. yeah, because um, you've only got the ninety days in a hundred and eighty day period, unless you have the visa. And we touched on the, the digital nomad visa. There's a non-lucrative visa. There's a golden visa if you buy property for five hundred thousand or more. It can be more than one property. Self-employed, employed, uh, intern visas, uh, student visas. Um, yeah. So yeah, but anybody anybody can can buy uh, a property in Spain, no problem. And for those people who are non-resident, um, how much do they need to put down for their mortgage? That's another question for me. Oh, right, that's an interesting one. Well, there's no, there's no, hard, there's no hard and fast rules. And um, we were, again, it's like anything shop around. Um, we work with a mortgage broker. And that, like in the UK, I read a statistic, I think yesterday in the Sunday Times, that something like 90% of first-time buyers use a broker. But yeah, use a broker, go to some different banks if you want, shop around. But you're going to have to put down about 30%. Unless you have okay. some brilliant financials behind you, then, <laughs> then maybe less. But it just depends on the um, on the bank, and there isn't anything, you know, written in stone in the in the in the Spanish in the Spanish law. Uh, it's just like, like like England, really. The bank want to make a, the bank want to make a good investment, yeah. get their money back if you you know if you if if you, if you can't pay. But yeah, you, correct me if I'm wrong. The value of the mortgage does not count towards the golden visa, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The golden visa just just I mean it's the investment visa, and there there are other things like buying shares and putting money in the bank. But the one that everybody seems to to want is the the golden visa by by buying a property. Really, it's the investment visa, and what you what you have to do is you have to spend five hundred thousand, and it's exclusive of taxes, um, mortgage, and it can be you know you can buy as many properties as you want, parking spaces, bits of land, anything you want, as long as it adds up to over five hundred thousand euros. Okay. I mean, I do have to say that this has been going on for ten years, and five hundred thousand euros is a lot of money, but. With inflation, it has been whittled away over over the years. And you know, I'm a northerner, so we have cheaper properties. But in the southeast of England, you, you, the average mm. your average yeah. 
house. I mean, and Toronto is crazy, isn't it, for property prices? Yeah, yeah, not not as crazy as Vancouver, as we discussed earlier, but <laughs> Toronto has gone up. Yeah, so the lot. Northern Visa really, in real terms, is probably coming down about eight, nine, ten percent a year, isn't it, in real terms? Mm-hmm. But then, but it's still a lot of money. Five hundred thousand euros is a, is a lot of money, but yeah, it's the money that you actually spend. It isn't. Um, anything to do with you know with taxes and mortgages or any or anything anything like that it is a very serious investment i suppose it's always a good idea to to get advice before oh yeah absolutely you take the thing about the golden visa like anything is you buy a property so rent first and if you do buy the property take take advice from your own lawyer i mean doesn't of course it doesn't have to be us but you know a lawyer you found yourself take advice it's not a legal requirement like the uk or other places but but please you know, take advice and also when you do the the golden visa has to be done in a in a certain way. Um, if the property, if there's two people and the property is less than a million, and also you've got to factor in what happens. You know, if somebody passes away, mm-hmm. somebody somebody yeah. leaves somebody, all those type of things. So it's, it's best to best to be prepared for anything. Yeah, best to be prepared because it's you know it's coming down every year in real terms, but it's 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 still a lot. It's still a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. Well. Thank you. I think we've got time for two more questions here. I, okay, we've got two options. We can go for more of a, a legal one or more of a fun one. Which well, one do you want to start let's end, with? Let's end with the fun one. Okay, let's end with, <laughs> with the fun. I'm we'll doing do air work. quotes. We'll do, we'll do the work first. Yeah, I'm, do, I'm doing air quotes around the word fun. You can't see it. but um, So this question is kind of a multi-part one. It came from Move to Spain. Um, the first part of it is, if you buy a business, do you have the right to live in Spain? Um, if the business involves, this is this is following on from the other question. If the business involves property um, worth more than five hundred thousand euros, then yes, you can also say, for example, I bought a factory for two hundred and fifty thousand. Oh, you probably can't get it, but let's say I bought a factory for two hundred and fifty thousand and an apartment for two hundred and fifty thousand. I can put them together, and then me and my family okay. have the right to live. To live and work in Spain. So the answer is, it depends on the the amount of money you spend. And that was the second part of the question: is um, can you bring your family with you? Yeah, if, if it's if visa? it's yeah, I mean, any visa you can have, you can you know, you could have the self-employed visa and you can have dependents. Um, but with yeah, with the with the with the golden visa, you, you, your family can come with you, and they have mm-hmm. the right to live and work as well. Absolutely. Okay. And any other advice for the golden visa? That was sort of the last part of their question. Just general advice. Oh, it's got. It's got to be tax. It's got to be taken by some tax. Okay. Um, you know, it's not just us, but we have mm-hmm. a, a tax lawyer, um, Pablo, and he does you know online and in person consultations. He's actually in the Marbella office, but of course that doesn't matter if it's online. But if you're going to spend that amount of money or even less, it's worth just having a um, a tax consultation. Make sure that. You're happy with that, um, and obviously get a good accountant. We we have a we have a Spanish qualified accountant, Alberto. So you know, it, again, it doesn't have to be him, but make sure you take the the tax and accounting advice. Okay, perfect. And look, I guess this is more of a question that perhaps I, I mean, I'm doing a degree in Spanish and business, so this question is about learning Spanish. Oh, right, um, well, there you go. Well, where I do you sit, do it? I can sit back now. Yeah, I get, well, no, you've, you already, can, you've already learned Spanish really you can well. Chime in. I'm still, you know, it's an ongoing process. There's okay. not one day where you wake up and all of a sudden you can no. speak fluently, and it's just 
every day you learn a little bit more, 1% better every day. Yeah. Um, the two things that we have written down here, Duolingo, and I think, is it Preply you wrote down? Yeah, there's, 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 an inter there's an interest, there's Duolingo, which every, everybody else, I think uses, and that's very, very good. And I think, it, is it free, Duolingo? I mean, I have my own thoughts about Duolingo, and I think Duolingo is great for learning vocabulary, right. but if you want to become sort of more fluent in your conversational Spanish, then something else like Memorize is really good. Okay. Or if you can find a conversation partner online, I always see them uh, posted in various Facebook groups, I think including our own. Yeah, there's, um, a, yeah, there's actually, yeah, have a look on the website, Move to Spain, and there might be people, there might be people there, who, you know, Spanish, there's a lot of Spanish people who move to Spain, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And they yeah, might be interested in learning, um, learning English and with, you know, don't, don't meet any strangers in places, you know, we encourage it to be, <laughs> yeah. over, we encourage it to be online. Um, but there is a website called um, preply.com, so P-R-E-P-L-Y.com. And what that is, is people all over the world give language lessons over Skype or Zoom. And I think some of the um, South American people start like three or four euros for a, a, a lesson. I mean, you know. Pretty good deal. Yeah, I mean. You know, obviously, you know, if you think that's too little, I'm sure they'll take more money off you if you <laughs> want to give them it. Um, but yeah, and they ha it's quite an interesting website if you have a look. Um, you and they have reviews, so that's preply.com. But a lot, I know what people are going to ask me next week now. They're going to say, Well, if I learn Spanish and I'm getting taught Spanish by a South American, is that going to be a problem for me if I'm in Malaga? Uh, well, my tapas. I don't, you know, to be honest with you, I, it's not a huge problem. Everything's mutually intelligible. It's, the biggest struggle for me has been the, 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 the Andalusian accent. Because you um, learned Spanish. Where did you learn Spanish? I did it in Canada and in the UK. So when I was oh. in Canada, I learned a lot of the South American stuff. Uh, oh, those right. verb conjugations and they use different vocabulary. But, but, I mean, when I was little, would it be like me sitting at home watching the A-team in America? And it's it's just like the difference between saying cookies and biscuits and that sort of thing. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's no problem in having a go with um, pre-flying. No, no. I mean, honestly, my only other advice is to immerse yourself. So yeah. if you're coming to Spain, you know, and you're going on holiday, it can be very easy to sort of go into your own cultures spaces yeah. i know there's a lot of british culture in in spain but i think you have the choice don't you basically just you put yourself out there take risks i think spanish people always really appreciate you trying i've never had a negative experience even if i'm fumbling my way through it it's always really good to yeah. just put yourself i out mean there. if you want to totally immerse yourself and it just head away from the coast yeah no definitely i mean definitely. that's the rule that's the rule of thumb put there's the coast opportunity everywhere you. just you know it's really all about immersing yourself so basically yeah you can you, there's plenty of apps where you can learn for free you could ask for a conversation partner, but again, you know, be, be safe. Or you can go on preply.com and again, no, no one's sponsoring us. Yeah, no, no. Duolingo okay. is good for vocab, but I wouldn't say it yeah. makes anybody fluent necessarily. Um, okay. Um, I think that's it for our is questions. That it? Is that I, it? Okay, that well, it. well, thank you for listening to the, um, the first podcast. First episode. We, we can only... We, we can only get better. I mean, no, I don't think it was too bad. I think it was all right. We'll, we'll, we'll have a listen back. And, you know, if you have any comments or questions, yeah, please let like, us know. Like, like subscribe, yeah, join, follow the Facebook, the podcast. join the Facebook group on Move to Spain. Yeah. Well, yeah. So this is um, me, John Tao. Thanks for listening. I'm Sean. Thank you for listening. We will see you all next episode. Bye. Bye.